answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Glad you are joining us on the... Uh... We are recording this the afternoon of April the 3rd. I hope you are safe. I hope that um, if you are uh, sheltering in place or working from home, um, that uh, your mental health. (laughs) There's lots of different. There's physical health and there's mental health. And uh, uh, one of the uh, outcomes that we will see from this is um, there'll be some mental health issues and I have a friend that uh, is a... This is a financial program, so if you're just kind of tuning in for the first time, you're wondering what this is. Uh, oh, well, thank you. We forgot all that. It's our 25th year of broadcasting uh, All Worth's Money Matters with Scott Hanson and Pat McLean. But uh, I, and we uh, will talk. We'll take a couple calls, and we'll uh, talk. You'll get quite a bit of commentary from us on the current financial markets. Yes. Oh, I forgot all that. I just got right into the subject. Yeah, I understand. About, That's, that's all good. That's, I forgot That's an interesting <laughs> time. We're all living in a weird time. So I have a, a friend who is a... Uh, she's a divorce attorney in New York City. She's um, killing it right now. <laughs> she's she's there lots and lots and lots of phone calls. You can't do anything with it. But I thought, I said to my wife, why? Have you not had more challenges with your wife in the last couple of weeks? I have. No, I, I, I haven't. I, I haven't. Because I, it, it, I have times of, I'm in just weird moods or I'm more... I'm more frustrated than I normally am. And then she has moments like that as well. And every once i got to realize that she's just as cooped up as I am. Uh, you know, so I have th- two of my... I have three kids, basically, that have moved back home. So that has kind of acted as a foil, if you will. Um, no, I, it hasn't. I don't, I don't. But I've been trying to get out. We exercise separately. We get out of the house separately to exercise. Not you can together. actually be out together. Although, did you realize? Did you read that um, it was Peru and was it Ecuador that um, men and women ha- have different days that they're allowed to go out? They are sheltering people so strongly that um, it's certain days a week. I've read in the uh, Washington Post. Uh, That's I think interesting. On Friday. It's a, anyway. So the this is a financial show. We take talk. And can you? I, I I I really feel um, bad for those living in high rise apartments in major cities right now. Yes. Any of this, any of the high rises, it would be just challenging going to the elevator and all that stuff. I mean, um, just moving around the environment. Yeah. So anyway, we'll take some calls about uh, if you got some financial questions for us. Uh, We'll also spend quite a bit of time on some commentary from us uh, regarding the financial markets and what this might mean short term, long term, what opportunities uh, and, and some things that you can be focused on right now to have some control in your finance. And we realize that one of the things that's hard. When the, fi- the financial markets go through periods like this, and this is an unprecedented time for, I did read, read that some guy survived coronavirus and he's 104. So he, I suppose he lived through the Spanish flu epidemic. He, he survived <laughs> right. a lot of things that 104. Right. But for 99.999% of the population, this is the first time we've been through something like this. And it's uh, challenging. There are some things that you can do to give you a greater sense of control with your finances and, of course, one of those is even um, taking a good look at what you've got and looking at what your expenses are. We'll talk about some of those things during the program, and we'll take some calls. And last week we did not take calls because we had lots of things to chat about. We will today. Our contact number is 833-99-WORTH. Let's start right off with Joe in Ohio. Joe, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Hi. Hi, Joe. Yeah, um you got me wondering after I we listened to your program last week. I mean, early this week, but uh, I have three questions concerning the main. Uh, from I, I'm retired and uh, from uh, a company that's dealt with fidelity, and I had 40 years there. Anyways, I transferred my 401 into an IRA. Okay. Well, uh, lately I just. It worries me, you know, from the 1980, how bad it went. Well, lately it's been up and down. 
So um, I'm not, I, I just had let it alone and taken care of it myself. I have 14 different funds. And uh, I don't know, I have a, my first route I could take is go with BlackRock, who goes through, who Fidelity deals with, uh, with my mutual funds. And, uh, but then I'd have to pay the 1.5% fee. Okay. And, but maybe I would, in the long run, be better off at this present time. You know, okay. doesn't mean I have to stay with them. My second uh, idea that I thought of, and uh, I, just to move the 14 uh, funds that I have into a core fund right now, I know it's like it's just like in limbo. Okay. I don't uh, play the market or anything like that, but that is, you know, but like yesterday was fine and it goes up and down, I guess. But then my third is uh, I'm a retired military, so I have a thrift savings plan option and I could go put things over to that plan. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, which uh, has, it just seems it's easier to. Uh, move around in that, but mainly with their government fund that they have. Yeah, but that also is uh, uh, ran by BlackRock, uh, the government. The yeah, well, so most PSC. of the, the so it's those things. I just don't know. I'm just you know going over those three and just uh, well, how, or stay where I'm at. Don't worry. About how that. old are you? Uh, Sixty six. And are you taking monthly distribution from this? No, not yet. Uh-uh. Okay. And do you know what percentage you have in stocks versus bonds? Oh, yeah. It's all – it's uh, pretty – it's where it's – you know, it's probably 60-40 or something like that. And how do you know that? Well, when I go talk to uh, the manager at Fidelity uh, every year, you know, I haven't – Move things around in a few years, but um, so you probably so that's you, you, that's what you the, how we set it up. You probably have a relationship with um, Fidelity Brokerage where um, they're they're not probably providing any specific advice, and you exactly. probably have right. Yeah. They're not providing any specific advice. They do have a, an arm of that company that you can have advice where you pay for financial advice. Um, and Fidelity, we do business with Fidelity. We do business with lots of companies. To me, those are all, I'm totally agnostic to the product manufacturers, to the financial companies. The financial industry is interesting because we, are, we compete with each other in the morning and we're business partners in the afternoon. I mean, that's really uh-huh. how it works. So Fidelity and BlackRock, they compete with one another. But yet at Fidelity, you can own a BlackRock fund. And if you're at BlackRock, you can probably have some sort of Fidelity. And it's just, and if you were an all-worth client, you could have both BlackRock and Fidelity. <laughs> so, yeah. what is the most important thing is that a couple things. One is that you have the proper allocation for you, and two that you've got the right kind of confidence to stick through the financial plan, the investment plan, regardless of what's going on with the market. So the challenge now, and this is very common right now, Joe, because it's. Right. They're bizarre times. You are not alone questioning if your investments are set up right. A lot of people are questioning their investments oh, right, right now. Um, mm-hmm. And I think part of the challenge is perhaps – and maybe maybe your investments are set up perfectly for this. I don't know. But it's, you, it's, you, you have – you could guess, Scott. That, that they're not perfect. That they're not. This, yes. That they're not. And, that, and, that, and the, the time they needed to actually be perfect was not – we more importantly was going into this, but it still is important now. It's important, but the most important time was going into this. And I think part of the challenge when the stock market had twelve years of gains, the same way there's a couple of years with not much, but no major downturns in twelve years. A, a lot of people thought, why do I need to pay for financial advice? I mean, this is pretty easy. I just I'm just going to buy stock funds and watch them go up. Well, in times like this, people are kind of starting to think, hmm, I need. I, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't really have a plan for this. And Vanguard, both Vanguard, which I'm sure, sure you're familiar with, as well as a company called Morningstar, I've done some studies on what value can you expect with a good financial advisor, not, but a quality financial advisor. And Vanguard study, I think it called their alpha study, financial advisor alpha. It, it breaks things down into what kind of value you can get from an advisor. And one is based upon the financial planning one is based upon the investment uh, allocations, how which funds we pick. Uh, parts based upon financial planning, 
Like, when do we take money out of what type of accounts? What happens with required minimum distributions? Do we look at doing a Roth IRA? And then another part is the, the behavioral financing part of it. it it's, it's the financial advisors that keep people from making mistakes from which they cannot recover. And that study showed that an advisor can, if a, a good advisor can earn up to 3% more based upon doing those things. So, so they pay for themselves. They, they, a good one will. Idea. I mean, I believe we do. So, I've, I've been doing this 30 years. I believe I've earned every dime that I've made over my career. So, and then, I mean, I, I have great conviction on that. So, Joe, so when you said you don't move things around much, that, that was a, a clue that you actually had probably had more money in equities than you should have. Because if you had started four or five years ago with a portfolio that was 60% stocks and 40% bonds and never reallocated the portfolio, as the Uh equities grew, the bonds, even if they stayed the same as a percentage of the portfolio, shrunk. So it, it, quite frankly, if you had bought a portfolio four or five years ago and certainly reinvested dividends, it wouldn't be unusual to see you're having a portfolio that was 75% maybe even 80% equities, and the rest bonds and cash. Risk isn't an issue until it becomes an issue. No one worries about risk until there's a risk event, and we're in the middle of a risk Mm -hmm. event. So what should have been happening throughout this whole process is you should have understood your risk tolerance, and then you should have been reallocating the portfolio on a minimum, a minimum, semi-annual basis. We run our portfolios through a screen on a weekly basis to make sure that their allocation is correct. Our portfolios, what, what date did we actually, February 20th. So February, February 19th was the high for the stock market for 2020. And on February 20th, for most of our clients that have uh, in their qualified retirement accounts, their retirement accounts where there's not it's, any tax consequences, we did a rebalance, which by its nature caused us to sell stocks. Not that we predicted the stock top, and we didn't sell them all. By anyway. so, just so I'm not trying to say them, we're no- we brought the risk level back. And into- we, I, I'm sure we weren't the only firms that were doing that right. at that time. That's right. And then in mid March, when the markets had fallen, we also did a re- all of a sudden our portfolios. Let's say someone was originally 60% stock. Maybe at the beginning of the year they'd moved up to 68%. So we did a rebalance February 20th to bring it back down to 60. And then mid-March, some of these portfolios fell because the stock market fell. So we, we did a rebalance again there. But when you do that, you end up selling high and buying low. Not out of any sort of brilliance or crystal ball, out of a disciplined approach. To risk. To risk. Yeah, Correct. I just, I, and the more prices go down, the less risk, not the more. So so what? what, in fact, I had a client call me and said, Pat, I saw that you rebalanced my portfolio. I want to make sure that you're not selling stocks in this down market. I said exactly the opposite. We sold the stocks in the, fortunately, in the up market. Not all of them, but we rebalanced the portfolio. So what you're talking about right here is, Joe, you gave uh-huh. you gave me three choices. BlackRock, okay, move right. to core funds, or thrift savings plan. You, you yes. those may or may not be the right things. You need advice. You went to the medicine before the diagnosis. You said, I want these things to solve my problem. And quite frankly, you don't know quite what your problem is. Okay. You don't know whether you're I mean you're not taking an income from it. Which so. means and and maybe yeah. you'll never need this. And if you never need it, maybe you go 100% equity and you manage this so that your kids are going to inherit it and you manage it for them. Or maybe you need income in the next year, two, three, and you want to manage it appropriately. So I'm going to share a quick story with you. A quick, quick story. The client, quite successful, sold his business and had lots of money, lots and lots of money. And I said to him, you know, your life's a hardworking guy, right? You know, graduated from college. Uh, he 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 was a veterinarian. He owned a little clinic. He did really, really, really well. Sold his business, came into a lump sum of money, and he didn't change his lifestyle too much, a little bit, but didn't change his lifestyle. So I allocated the portfolio. 
And I told him, you're never going to run out of money based upon your current distributions, but based on your risk tolerance, you need to be into a moderate portfolio. He said, makes sense, Pat, makes sense, makes sense. So he said to me about six months later, a year later, he said, you know, I wish this portfolio was a little bit more aggressive. And I said, why? Why, why more aggressive? He said, well, Pat, you told me I was never going to run out of money, so I want to manage some of this money as if it was my children's money because they're a lot less younger. They're a lot younger than me. Obviously, they're his children, and they're lot, their timeline is longer, and I understand equities do better over a long period of time. And I said, that makes perfect sense. Here's how I'm going to manage your portfolio. And this comes to the psychology of it. I said, I'm going to take your portfolio and I'm going to split it one-third as your children's portfolio and two-thirds as your portfolio. Did you set separate accounts up? And I set them up in separate accounts. <laughs> Not that they needed to be. Not that they needed yeah. to be, but we were managing the psychology. And we I are, look, we're all like, look, everyone's- You a, stick dessert in front of me after dinner, I will eat it every night. Scott, everyone's a- every invest you, My wife brings good cookies and stuff home, I will eat them. In this environment- I have to put- Boundaries. My, my son, who's an econ major, said last night at dinner, everyone who's an investor now is an amateur uh, epidemiologist. He said, even us at the table, he goes, oh, everyone here is an epidemiologist now. <laughs> I didn't, you know, it's funny. I've had trouble pronouncing the epidemiologist the word a few weeks ago. I don't even think I'd have ever said the word. So what I did with this I've client- I've never dealt with it before. We're talking, even thought about we're it. talking about investor psychology. What I did with the client is I took a third of the portfolio, I don't know, a million, million and a half, and I put it in its account, and I put 100% equities into it, 100% stocks. The riskiest portfolio you could ago? do. How many years Four, five, six, maybe? Yeah, five. 100% of it into this, and he had just come into the money. And then I took two-thirds, and I put it in a moderate portfolio, and I said, here's the deal. All your income comes from the moderate portfolio. Everything uh, that... The, that is in this risky portfolio, we expect to take no income. You can, we can't discuss the market volatility in the aggressive portfolio. <laughs> we can do, it's not your money. It's your kids. It's so your kids' it, money. It, and we're investing that for 20, 25 yeah. years down the road. So the point is you went to the solution without actually understanding what the needs were. And a good advisor will actually walk you through that. Understand your risk tolerance, understand what you're trying to do, which is really the financial planning whether you want to call it a formal financial plan, it's a book, or uh, it, it's it's the bedrock. It's it's what's necessary before the investment allocations. It's what should be driving the decisions. And you threw out a number at BlackRock at 1.5%. I don't know if that's some service that BlackRock can because they also have extremely but, low investment. But, well, so well, that's kind of what Fidelity had mentioned to me, that okay. they, about between 1 and 1.5%. One I don't know. Yeah. Well, well me Maybe, if the, maybe you just pay someone for a financial plan and then decide whether, but you went right to the investments. And if you're going to, if well, you I want, would, if you're going to work with an advisor if, at, on a fee basis, our recommendation would work with a firm that doesn't manufacture their own products. Right. So, I mean, if I go, if I'm out car shop and I go to a GM dealership, I know they're going to sell me a GM product. At least I know that. But if I hire some independent consultant, who's going to help me to find uh, the right car, and I find out later that he's also employed by GM. I'd think, well, you're not, <laughs> you're awfully yeah. biased here. You're getting a, you're getting the side deal from GM. How how good of a job can you be doing advice? Which is one of the reasons we believe so uh, strongly in in independent advice, independent advisors. So if you were oh, my if you were my brother, Joe, I'd say, Joe, yeah. go talk to a couple financial advisors, certified financial planners, independent that work with a, a large independent firm. And, and get a financial plan first as part of this process and then an investment allocation. And I would say, Joe, if the right person, the right group, it's going to be well worth your dollar. And you want to do that as quickly as possible. If, it, if the advisory firm can't do it on a Zoom meeting and interact with you, move on to the next one. Because the reality is what we're seeing in terms of a digital uh, interaction with clients in the financial service industry is here to stay. Yeah. Yeah. So appreciate the call, well, Joe. Wish you well. It's, I mean, uh, you're so asking the you right questions. Go there's ahead. There's really nothing uh, for this. The the monies that uh, have gone, you know, kaputs right now, that's it. Then I, I was, I just didn't know if I should just leave it alone. And, you should and not go, leave well, it alone. No, you shouldn't leave it alone. We don't know what you own. You don't know what you own. Yeah, but uh, what the, they tell you uh, over there, you know, a little bit, uh, 
You don't have a financial planner. You've been well, working with, uh, and Fidelity's a fine yeah. company. I'm not knocking You've been them. Working with a sales guy. Well, no, he's working. He's a, it's, yeah, he's got yeah, a brokerage account, great. and the the broke those guys they by their structure of the relationship they can't even offer you advice. They could recommend so you. you get, yeah, I just hate to see the loss. Well, what do we? What do you mean? Wait, wait, wait. We're still, offering you the. We're offering you a great solution. Of course, you hate right. to see the loss, <laughs> but but the reality is the loss already occurred. Right. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, I don't understand that. And the reason the loss occurred is because maybe the portfolio, look, at everyone has lost money. Bonds lost money. Almost every yeah. asset class has lost money. That happened. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, okay. we're where we are today. We should think yeah. about tomorrow. We should think about next week. We should think about three years from now. We should think about five years from now. We are where we are today. What's behind us, right? Right. Right. Yeah. What's behind us is behind us. That damage is done. It is done. It's over. We start every day anew. What's today look like? What's tomorrow look like? We can't do anything about yesterday. You can't do anything about yesterday, Joe. That's done. If right. your portfolio yeah. was not properly allocated, that's over, right? You want to make sure that you're doing the right thing today and tomorrow. That's the only place we can live. And things could get worse before they get better. Or they could get better before they get worse. And you should have a strategy that's going to work in either one of those scenarios. This yeah. too shall pass. Maybe this is the time you profit from it. Maybe we recognize Joe's never going to spend this money. Joe's got a risk tolerance. Maybe Joe actually puts more stocks in this portfolio. I don't know. Joe does have a pension. Joe's probably okay. Joe's definitely okay compared to most when you've got, you don't need your retirement savings to live because yeah. you got a pension. So. But, but Scott, if you had, if, if I were in Joe's situation, I would think about maybe if I don't need this income to live, maybe I manage it for my kids or my grandchildren. Which is really, Pat, this, oh, those, why the financial planning behind this and understand what the dollars are there for is crucial. And now I hear people say things like, oh, I wish I would have bought Zoom stock. Of course thinking, you did. And so what? It's irrelevant. I could have bacon and eggs if I had bacon and eggs, but you don't. If you don't have bacon and eggs, you can't have bacon and eggs. If you what didn't does breakfast the, have to do with them? Um, it's an old analogy. I could have bacon and eggs if I had some bacon and I had some eggs. Saying I should have bought Zoom stock. I should have been married into a into a wealthy family. I should have done a lot of things. <laughs> I should have been born into a wealthy family. I didn't buy Zoom stock. I didn't see the pandemic coming. I don't know you what know, was funny, wrong right, with well, me. Even, even that, what will be interesting is what new... Companies will emerge from this. So someone said, said and I, my first thought was, I should have bought Zoom stock. I'm like, oh, give me a break. I get, it, it, as you said, whatever happened yesterday, is, it's irrelevant. We are where we are today. Yeah. Maybe it's not irrelevant. It's, you can look no, at it's, a, it's forming. It's forming you. Yes, thank you. It's forming your decision making, but you, you can't do anything about yesterday. And Zoom may or may not be the platform that wins out long term. We don't Who know. knows? We don't know. I, I, what I do know is in a uh, hopefully it stays a competitive uh, free market. Hopefully it stays a competitive free market. If it stays a competitive free market, there will be other technologies that are as good or better yeah. than Zoom that will emerge. Why? Because in a competitive free market, capital actually goes to profit. Yeah. By the way, you're listening to All Worth Financials, uh, Money Matters, and um, we're going to take a break and we'll Take another call or so, and then have some more commentary. Eight three three ninety nine worth is the number. But before we do, I, Pat, you had mentioned when you were talking to um, a previous caller about uh, a, a, a remote experience. Hopefully, your advisor. It's it's a, our worlds have all changed dramatically in a very rapid period of time. I mean, in three weeks, all of our worlds changed dramatically. Most of us are working it from home now. Uh, most of us have, have learned how to uh, use video tools that we never had in the past, or if we had, maybe we we're on the recipient's end and we didn't really have to pay much attention to it. But your advisor should be able to give you a quality experience uh, working remotely. And if you don't have an advisor, you want an opinion, work with an advisor that, that it's a, it, it, the, the rest of the world is 
out of control right now. And being able to get some sort of sense of control with your own finances to give you some confidence in what you're doing and making sure you've got the right kind of portfolio, the right kind of investments, the right kind of financial plan, I think is crucial right now. And I'm not just a plug on our firm. I mean, there's a lot of great financial advisors in the country. I've met lots of them over the years. There's some that aren't. But if you're going to work with an advisor, work with one that's a fiduciary that is, has a legal obligation to put your interest first, one that does not sell annuities or other sort of financial products, one that's credentialed, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant, something on those lines, um, and, and focus on the financial plan first. And then from there is when you build the, the investment um, recommendations. That's the sort of thing to be f focusing on right now. The world's out of control. You can have some control. And if you do things wrong, spend the time to do that and really look at what are your income needs, et cetera. So we're taking a quick break. When we come back, we will continue on with Allworth's Money Matters. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. And um, there are seasons of my career that I have a ball and seasons of my career that aren't so much fun. The last, uh, you know, it's been interesting since this financial crisis, there's clearly lots of uh, about um, being a financial advisor that have not been that much fun. Um, but there's other parts that have been quite rewarding. And, and sometimes things that are the great things in life are the things that can take a lot of work. Um, so I don't know why I'm saying I don't that. know. That this, this is, the, the parts that are rewarding is uh, well, it, elaborate on the parts that are rewarding because it hasn't been a lot of fun <laughs> for me. Maybe I'm built differently than you are. I didn't say it's been fun. You said it was rewarding. I've, it's been very little fun. Yeah, not being fun. In my industry. Not fun. But um, knowing that we're going to be that we're going to be able to continue to serve clients for years and years, and that we move to this digital experience has been very rewarding. Yes, and being able to communicate with the clients in the ways we've been able to communicate over the last uh, few weeks have been rewarding. Keeping people not from not abandoning their financial plans, you, helping people that have been furloughed, helping people that have been forced into retirement. I mean, this is a, this, you, you know, Scott, I don't swear much, but this is one of those times I'd like to, <laughs> this is a show. I mean, this is, this is, um, but this economy right now is Scott. I got it. I got it. Maybe I'm off base. Maybe I am off base, but I think that the government is going to, I said this last week is going to throw everything they, will. they have at the, everything. And the reason is. They don't want the foreclosure crisis they had last night. They don't want a homeless population increasing. They want people to return to work and to get back to normal as soon as possible. Yeah, but they only have so much power in all this. When the economy, the GDP is going to shrink this year. Understand. But if, if they can keep people, if they, they're paying employers to keep people. Right. So we, we tend to serve people as they, I think our average new client that joins us is 58 years old, if we looked at the data in the last year. So we tend to serve a lot of people between 50 and... 70. And, well, we have clients much older than that, but because they've been with us for a long time. But we tend to help people navigate into retirement and through retirement. The reality is there's been lots of people that had a great plan to retire in three years or in five years or in seven years that have lost their jobs. They've been furloughed. Who knows how long it's going to be That's before right. those come back. And the reality is there is a bit of age discrimination out there. I don't care how you state it, right? Almost certainly. So someone's 59 years old and was planning to work until 66. They had a good career. Suddenly they find themselves unemployed. Forced retirement. Yes. It's a challenge for those people. I, I'm going to agree with that. I am gonna. I I was I was talking about the broader broader general economy and it coming back. That'll come back for sure. I totally agree with you there. Stock markets are going to come back. Some companies will not exist. That, New companies will. We're look at the the human the you, Americans particularly. We are innovative. We're we, not, it, we won't have the in foreclosure. times of crisis, we figure out new ways of doing things. It's amazing. We're, we're, 
many small businesses will be affected, most certainly retail businesses, people that sell goods and services that are, you know, clothing, small little yoga shops, restaurants, bars, those will all be affected. And have been. And have been and will continue, will be. Will people that are in their late 50s, early 60s probably be much more affected than someone in their 30s, especially if they were furloughed? No question. No yeah. question. There isn't any question. But in terms of, uh, I, I just see the the government. Um, yeah, more faith in our government than I, I do. I actually, I just, I think that partially because of the Federal Reserve and the Treasury, and these most of these guys haven't gone through this 12 years ago and well, managed they, yeah. through that. They've clearly, all the issues that we dealt with in the financial crisis, they've seen those. They've dealt with all that right now. Now they're dis- dealing with new ones. The social ramifications on the backside will be pretty, you know, the amount of depression that's actually taking place right now. And the yeah, alcohol sales are off the charts. And um, I, By the way, I had a bottle. My wife and I had some champagne last night. <laughs> really? Yes. I just like, I said, I was barbecuing. I said, let's have some champagne tonight. I mean, let's make the most of it. We can't really go out. Um we haven't seen any friends in a while, so we was that nice? had some champagne. I don't know. <laughs> cool. Not really. <laughs> I had the champagne of beers, the Miller High Life. <laughs> I tried to make the most of it. I don't remember the last time I had a glass of champagne. We've, I think we had some bottles from uh, New Year's oh. and, and, and uh, or somewhere. I don't bought them for something. Maybe it was Christmas. Did you start singing? They were still there, and I haven't seen them. In the, I'm like, let's have some champagne. Did you start singing, I get a kick from champagne? Beer, alcohol doesn't thrill me at all. I don't even know that song. Okay. <laughs> no, I did not sing that. Anyway, we are off getting off trap. All but right. it's an interesting time we're all in, that's for sure. And um, I guess I feel that when I said this to ch- talk, to being introspective on how we're all spending our time right now, I'm grateful that I have meaningful work on a regular basis as I'm working from home. Yes. And by the way, we're actually in our studio. We are having six feet apart from one another. Studio was scrubbed down with um, stuff before. But we, we we can broadcast from home. Um, we are ready to we, go. Yeah, need but be. Um, but the people there have been people in my lives that have moved home that uh, I love very very dearly. But um, the, for twenty four seven, yeah, they were <laughs> when they moved out. They were eighteen. When they're, they're moving back in, they're twenty one, and they're because they yeah. haven't been spending home college after you know they've been jobs and things like that. Yeah. yeah. All right. But my daughter, oh, she could live with us forever. She's the greatest. Those boys. Mm-mm. <laughs> Your daughter's how old now? She's twenty three. Uh, she's she's she, she she's great. She made me homemade pretzels. She's a vegan. She loves to bake. She loves to cook. Um, she's got a, a, a she's getting her master's in education. She said, you know, I've been thinking about making pretzels. And I'm like, wow, why don't you make me some pretzels? And then a couple days later. And why don't you make some homemade mustard? Why don't you <laughs> grind some of those seeds and some fresh paste for me, please? She, anyway, and those boys are like, when's dinner? <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go, go to the calls. This is all worth uh, Money Matters. Scott Hanson of Pat McLean, 833-99-WORTH if you want to join us. We're talking with Kevin. Kevin, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, Kevin. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yes, thanks for holding, by the way, as we're sitting and rambling on. Oh. <laughs> you guys are hilarious. So, um, you know, you guys hit on something last week that kind of, you know, triggered something for me. Um, you know, we've got the stimulus that just came through and, um, you know, $2 trillion worth. Yep. I believe. Just a start. Just a start. Just a start. And so, um, it, you know, you guys had actually talked about how, um, you know, taxes, you know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't take a Sherlock to know that taxes are probably going to be going up in the future. And so, you know, one of the downstream effects, and you guys actually mentioned it, and I wanted to dive into it further, or have you guys dive into it further, is that it, it seems like one of the first steps that you know, a smart investor would take at this point with their retirement accounts. If they have the ability to switch to a Roth immediately, they probably should um, just to be able to kind of get in front of, um, of those eventual uh, tax increases. Yep. And, 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 and the fact yeah. that the assets are uh, in a relative term 
over the last number of years depressed. It could make sense depending on what you're... I mean, there's clearly... Um, I just recorded uh, this morning. I recorded a a forced retirement. Um, what are we calling these things? Edu- educational webinars of some sort. They're fifteen minute in depth. One's on forced retirement. One's on four things that you can do now to take control of your to get your retirement back on track. Four things to get your retirement back on track was one. And the other one was forced retirement. And you, if you, if it probably not, you recorded this morning. It's probably not on the website yet, but it will It'll be, be in a soon. day or two. But in part of that, I spent some time talking about the things such as this that you can be doing today. Um, and but it really makes the most sense if if you find yourself furloughed right now, or your income's lower for whatever reason, your spouse has lost their job. This is when your your, your income's lower this year, and a Roth conversion makes sense. What we need to be a little careful about is, I. So they're going to—we we just borrowed another $2 trillion that we don't have. The government has no money. Most of us realize that. I think some people are getting—who have built their whole life on having checks from the government may not understand that. The government has no money. The only revenue they have is when they confiscate it from somebody else. They take the money from somebody else to transfer to another person, or they print more of it and they borrow the dollars, right? Borrow money. So right now— and by the way, China does not own the majority of our debt as much as people like to say. That's less than 10% of the debt. So we were about $22 trillion in debt coming into this. We're borrowing another $2 trillion on this. We were already in deficit spending about a trillion dollars. So we'll come, by the time this year's out, we'll be $25 trillion in debt. And our GDP is about, our gross domestic product is about $22 trillion somewhere there. So we're, but, but, our, our, our economy is growing, is, will now be growing less than what our debt is. And there's two ways that the government can get the debt paid off. And this, this has happened before, very rarely, where well, we After actually, World War II. Yeah, we were where we've seen this sort of— Debt greater than the, our overall our GDP. growth. GDP. We, uh, well, there's a few ways. One is by growing the economy rapidly. And so you get increasing tax receipts from that. Two is you increase taxes. And three is you deflate. I mean, you inflate. You push enough inflation so that the value of, of the debt is so little it doesn't matter. And none of these are mutually exclusive. And none of them are, are well, growing the economy is great. Inflation's not great. I understand, but, it, but there, the, the, uh, three things can happen simultaneously. Absolutely. And they may. You would expect that. I would expect in high inflation at some point in the future. Yes, yes. Do and owning that, a bunch of bonds or CDs would be detrimental at that period of time. Does anyone care about that at this point in time when no. inflation looks like in a year or two from now? There isn't. Look, some of the academics— People are concerned about deflation at this point in time. Some of the academics, no one's—I was on, a, I was on a, a radio podcast the other day from another show, and they asked that same question, inflation. I'm like, trust me, no one— Back there is talking ra- about the What companies aftermath. are raising their prices right now? Yeah, but no one— That's what inflation but, but is, right? Who in the government is saying, well, this is going to be inflationary in three or four years? They'll worry about that problem when they get there. But back to Kevin's— And they could borrow—I mean, we're borrowing for almost nothing right now. So back Our borrowing to, costs are well, so low. President Trump actually said that. Well, let's do a big infrastructure deal because it costs no money. Well, eventually you have to pay the bond. Well, you do have to actually pay them back. <laughs> the cost of money. Although there's some governments came out with 100-year bonds. But, but, but remember, he's also a real estate developer. So when he sees interest rates low, he gets um, excited. Gets excited. Yeah. So back to Kevin's question, which is, does it make sense to convert a Roth IRA? Maybe. Possibly. Probably. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, to go back to what you just said, though, you know, is, is there some interaction between how taxes might increase, the chance of inflation, and and a third thing that I think about when you're throwing money at problems that you don't have, you're inventing money, is a possible devaluation of the dollar. That's right. I mean, does any of that, like, interact in a way that would make it – it may be backwards, but, you know – you guys are the experts here. You know, does does any of that interact in a way that makes it uh, not smart to to pay the taxes up front now? Well, here's the challenge. So, who's to guarantee that that Roth will never be tax, taxed? The government. Which government? <laughs> the current government. No, the previous Senator Roth died a long time ago. Where the Roth IRA came from. I think he died. Forgive me if he not. It was, but it's been around a long time. Named after Senator Roth. Understand, but 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 as of today, the current government says that we're not taxing our current it. tax law. 
But who's to say in the future that someone, you know, if you've got more than 100000 in a Roth, we're going to tax anything above that. If you've got 200, I mean, let's look at, it was just a couple months ago when you look at the campaign trail with some of the issues that were talked about. How about, a, how about getting rid of taxation altogether and just move into a VAT tax, a value-added tax, or a national sales tax, or, right? So we are big fans of being diversified in our tax strategies as the same we are diversified in investment strategy. And I think Roth IRAs are great. I think particularly if you are typically, in the way that our tax rates work, they're progressive, and there's these big jumps. So it's not like the tax rates start at zero and go and then 1%, 2%, 3%. There's the majority of Americans at a 12% federal tax rate or less. If your income goes up, it suddenly jumps from 12% up to 22%. So, Kevin, and what's your- up from there? So, if we are normally, mm-hmm. if you find yourself normally in a 22%, and this calendar year you're going to be in 12%, it would absolutely make sense to to try to take advantage of the lower tax rates. Well, let's ask specific questions. What's your approximate family income? Um, we do around four fifty a year. Four hundred and fifty thousand. And what state do you live in? Correct. California. Okay. And how much money do you have in your four hundred one k or IRAs? IRAs. Yeah. So right now we've got a com. You know, between my wife and I, we've got um, one hundred and forty five k in four hundred one ks, and then we've got rollover IRAs that's around four hundred fifty k. And how old are you? Forty seven. Okay. Well, two things. One, if your income is four hundred fifty thousand, you should not be converting any money from an IRA I to would a Roth not. IRA. Number two, I hope not you have- in California. You're you're going to be you're at twelve point three percent in California, taxes. Yeah, yeah. The state, state. So, do you have money outside IRAs? Do you have money in a brokerage account or? We do. Yeah, how, we do. How much approximately? Uh, around 100K. Okay, so you should go in and harvest any losses in that 100K. At 47 years of age, unless you just started making the 450 grand, you should be saving a lot more money than you actually are today. So if you've had this $450,000 for five, 10 years plus, your uh, account balances, especially in that brokerage account, should be significantly higher, significantly higher. Because the ability to you re- to replace a small portion of that $450,000 income, even at age 65, which is 18 years from now, will be very, very difficult. In other words, you're getting used to a certain lifestyle. You, you're getting And so if your income is consistently at $450,000, you need to actually put in a plan to save a lot more money. And a lot of it won't revolve around uh, your IRAs and 401ks. It will revolve around a strategic tax program inside that brokerage account. It won't revolve around annuities or other people trying to sell you life insurance that has these cash values. It will revolve around that brokerage account and having something that is highly tax efficient. Yeah, because, I mean, as an example, um, stock dividends are taxed at favorable rates. They're qualified dividends under current. So if you even if you bought an index fund that mirrors the S&P 500, you have very little in the way of taxation that's spun off. You've got growth over years over the years that's taxed as capital gain, which is currently favorable. Um, I, I would not be in a in a rush to at your income level to convert to a Roth, particularly being a resident of uh, the state of California, which is the. But I would be in a rush to actually put together a financial plan that allows you to retire in a similar lifestyle that you have yeah, today. Well, what is because that? we see it all the time with people that are high earners that aren't super great savers, and then they get to retirement, and they're like, whoa, and then we have to break the bad news that says, look, this isn't, you don't have enough. You don't have enough. Those nice cars you've been leasing and those couple big trips you've been doing every year, and they're not going to be able to do those anymore. So that's a... Okay, Kevin. But I do appreciate the call, and I like your thinking. And for a lot of people, this this year can be a great time to do a Roth conversion, or even now, if you own... Uh, we talked earlier in the program, Pat, about uh, being aggressive. And typically, our philosophy with Roths is to be very have that be your most aggressive piece of your portfolio because it's probably the last dollars you're going to spend. But Scott, you but know- so right now, if someone's thinking it makes sense, you and maybe you've got a very aggressive mutual fund uh, or a stock, can can maybe consider converting that. And and people say, well, what if isn't the last dollar I spend? Look, if I had a Roth. And it had all stock in it, and I have a regular IRA that's got Those all are bonds just rules in it. Of thumb. 
Yeah, but I can sell the stock inside of the Roth IRA, or I can sell the bond inside of the. You can essentially swap them. I could swap them. I could do what's called a mirror trade. Yeah. And get to the right place. Mirror trade. I haven't heard that. Is uh, actually I. You just you just made that up. No, no. I'm reading a book called Dark Towers about Deutsche Bank and what they would do, but they were using it in an illegal manner. Oh. That's a good way to uh, kind so of explain the trade. trade. Well, anyway. That's what they called it, but they were actually doing it to uh, <laughs> launder money. Okay. Oops. <laughs> yeah. It's a fascinating book. It's called Dark Towers um, about Deutsche Bank. 100% in, was a criminal enterprise. Un, this un- is a division within Deutsche Bank, not Deutsche Bank itself. That's correct. Yeah. I don't. Did they get a criminal charge? They've they, had their own they issues. They had a lot, a lot of issues. Most of the big banks. But anyway, so issues. if you're into. Uh, some really uh, esoteric financial stuff. I would recommend the book Dark Towers. See, I was. It, we know it's interesting. <clears throat> if we look at the financial sell-off we've had in the stock market the last few weeks, right? Uh, I was looking at a chart actually when I was producing these uh, these fifteen-minute um, educational things on forced retirement and the four steps to get your retirement back on track. There is a slide that shows the. Uh, Worst days with the S&P 500 one day, and then what the subsequent uh, 12-month returns were. Just for some perspective, not saying we're guaranteeing it, right? But it looks, I think there was 20 different periods since ni- for the last 100 years. So we looked at the 20 worst one days in the stock market and the subsequent 12-month returns. Three of the 20 worst days in the stock market occurred March of 2020 oh. in the last 100 years. But what's it? Isn't that amazing? But but three out of seventeen didn't. Three occurred in the last. Oh yeah, yeah, month. yeah. Correct. We had lots of seventeen other times. didn't. And if you look at what the markets did subsequent to that in the twelve month period, you'd like, wow. And we probably had. I didn't look at how many of the past up swings, but we had that as well. We had the quickest bear market from uh, peak. From we had the quickest bear market from a new from a high to a over the 20% decline than we had in history. And we had the shortest bear market because we went three days, the markets rallied more than 20%, which technically put us back into a bull market. But crazy. That, whether that stuff matters at all, it doesn't really matter. It's just... Yeah, if you had gone on vacation and didn't, you came back you two can't, weeks later... You can't, you can't go on vacation anymore, Pat. Oh, yeah. All right, look, Pat, we can, we can talk about all the things that uh, we can no longer do. Let's... Uh, <laughs> the list could be quite long. Let's uh, spend a few minutes here talking about the CARES Act. We spent uh, most of last show on it, but I think even in the last week, there's been some more clarity in some areas. And look, I think we've all heard about the direct cash payment, 1200 bucks. but there's some other things in here. One, a big one, is this whole mortgage forbearance, yep. which just means not making your mortgage payment. And... Yep. You, if you find yourself impacted at all as a result of COVID nineteen, if you're if it's affecting your cash flow either because they cut your hours or they furloughed you, you should apply for the mortgage forbearance. This is mostly for government backed loans, although as this evolves, which the majority of loans are, uh, as this evolves, there may be others that actually uh, are available to you. So it's 180 days. And what happens during that 180 days? It's just your inter- no payments. Yeah. No in- interest. Yeah. It accrues and it's added. Basically, it adds another year to your or half a year to your mortgage. You might be eligible for up to 180 days after that. So a full year of uh, forbearance. On uh, forbearance on your mortgage, the uh, required minimum distributions. We talked about this last. There's no required minimum distributions for your IRAs. The big thing or I thought 401ks or 403bs or 457s. I thought that this is the ability that you could take a hundred thousand dollars out of your retirement plan and pay it back over three years. I actually I liked it. Um, don't do it unless you have a plan. What do you mean you liked it? I like the fact that the government allowed this. Why? Well, because if 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 you have car payments and well, there's with all the other things that actually are mixed in here, 
you might not have to do this. This would be the last place. I mean, to go. unemployment for many people is more than a thousand bucks a week. Uh, and for many people, it is. But some people are living on the edge anyway. If you have to do this, this would be the last place I went. I'd get every. I'd I'd do the loan forbearance. I would actually do the unemployment. The last place I would go is into my IRA, and this says up to a hundred thousand. Doesn't mean you should just go in there and yank a hundred grand out if you need it. But in times like this, if you needed to live, to pull a thousand, two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand dollars out of your IRA and four hundred one k as you need it, I, I think if it's a you've good got idea. the right plan, if you as long as you have a plan in place, either to recognize the taxes, recognize what it's going to do to your ultimate retirement, or to pay yes. it back. You've got a plan in place, yeah. recognizing the impact. Because anytime you take savings and convert it to current income, it has an impact but, but, but on your future. It, 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 to get through this, I like the fact that they allowed it this time. The, it, it, it's to get through it. We don't know, we don't know if this is going to, we don't think it's going to be two years long, but we most certainly could be July, August, probably June. Who but, knows? But it could be July, when August, September. When do you think September? they're going to have a, when is there going to be another big concert? Oh, who? it's funny. I'm not even a big concert fan, but I go to them every once in a while. And this week I was thinking, I actually went for a mountain bike ride one afternoon, which I'm glad I can still do that. But I was thinking I'd love to be at a concert. Oh. Just around people. It just, just, and I normally don't like big crowds. Yeah. I don't know. It's just funny how we all kind of miss certain things. And I'd go to like maybe a concert a like year. Molly Hatchet or something. <laughs> I'm sorry. Molly Hatchet <laughs> for crying out loud. Some obscure. Anyway, this CARES Act. Dig into it. We have information on our website at all. And we'll continue to have, uh, we're continuing to produce guides and webinars and tutorials and all that stuff. So sign up for our uh, weekly newsletter. Also, I don't mean, normally we don't give a big plug on our firm, but look, the, the need for financial advice is greater now than ever. We've got roughly 70 advisors. We have a phenomenal um, um, remote digital experience where you can have a nice video chat with an advisor. Uh, I'd, if you don't have an advisor now, I encourage you to reach out to um, And we will offer a free consultation where you can talk to an advisor yeah. on a in a digital experience. Easy. Call our office or go to our website. And if you're in great shape, they'll say, here's why I think you're in great shape. Anyway, uh, this is all the time we've got. Uh, and so appreciate you taking some time to join with us. Scott Hanson and Pat McLean here with you. All worth Money Matters. We'll see you next week. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.